0: You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 71. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezinski, and today we're going to talk about four mistakes that you're probably making in your fitness journey. And... No judgment here. We don't have to say, like, you're bad if you're making one of these mistakes. But as I go through these, I want you to do a little bit of self reflection and see if any of these currently apply to you. Because most of these are really easy fixes, or at least if they're not like easy the first step is always becoming aware, right? Once you can become aware of a mistake that you may be making, then you can be very intentional about fixing it. And so as I go through these four today, I want you to do a little bit of self-reflection and see maybe if you're making some of these mistakes in your personal journey and how you can kind of rectify them and make it be a little faster, take a little bit less time. I'm all about helping giving you things in your Fitness journey that is going to make things a little bit easier, a little bit faster, a little less stressful, um, a little more enjoyable, and a little bit more sustainable. Because I truly believe that as we can go through this process and 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 like actually transform from the inside out, that is how we have lasting long-term results. This is not just like external res- results. It's not just about the way that your body is looking. It is about how you are changing from the identity level on the inside, and then that is magnified on the outside. Okay, so let's start with number one, the first mistake that I see being made very frequently, and that is judging your progress with a single data point. If you've ever tried to lose weight, you know how frustrating the scale can be, right? You do all of everything right, you hit your macros, you do your workouts, you're feeling really proud of how the last week has gone, and then you step on the scale and you let a single number determine whether or not you're being successful. And if that number is up, then you feel awful, you feel shame, you feel depressed, you feel like, oh, it's not working. And if it's down, you're celebrating, you're like, yes, I'm doing it, like I'm the best in the world. And you let that one number determine whether or not this whole last week and all the effort that you put in this last week was worth it or not. And that's just silly. Putting all of your eggs in one basket is frustrating and it's not accurate. And that's the biggest thing that I that I get with the scale is that if you are just relying on the scale to tell you whether or not you're doing a good job, you are doing it wrong. <laughs> you're doing it wrong and I want you to do it right. So let's talk about what it looks like to do it right that doesn't mean we throw out the scale. I kind of gave my soliloquy about hashtag toss the scale back in episode number 69, I think. Um, So I won't do that here, but that doesn't mean that we throw out the scale. It does mean that we make sure that we are measuring progress by multiple data points. Okay. And I see this mistake being made so often You cannot measure your success by a single data point, especially since that single data point can be influenced by so many other things other than fat loss. And I think this is something that too many people don't understand, that there is a difference between fat loss and weight loss. Weight loss happens when you lose weight. And there are things on your body that have weight that have nothing to do with fat, right? If you cut your hair, you're going to lose weight. If you have a good bowel movement, you're gonna lose weight. If you pee out all of your, like, you pee a bunch of water out, you're gonna lose weight. Okay, and none of those things have anything to do with your body fat percentage. They have nothing to do with how you're gonna look. They have nothing to do with like the aesthetic that you may be going for, but you will see the scale go down. And so when people say that they want weight loss, what they typically mean is that they want fat loss. And that means you're actually like losing fat, right? Like fat is leaving your body. That will change how you look. That will change the scale sometimes, but it will ch- it will give you the look that you're looking for is that actual fat loss. And so it's important to understand that fat loss and weight loss are not a one-to-one ratio. When you see a pale a, a pale, when you see a pound drop on the scale, that does not mean that you have lost a pound of fat. And that's where so many people's like minds go. When they see a pound get dropped, they're like, oh, I lost a pound of fat. And when they see a pound go up, they say, oh, I've gained a pound of fat. And that is just not true. There's not a one-to-one relationship between fat loss and weight loss because you have muscle mass to consider. You have organ mass to consider. You have water weight to consider. All of those things make that those that number a little bit murkier and everybody likes to look at it it's like this cut and dry the scale went down the scale went up and it is not cut and dry it is a murky 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 number so what do we do we don't throw it away we add other data points right like if you do you remember back in i don't know middle school high school when you're when you're graphing something and you have to have you're like trying to draw a line between the data points, right? So if you have just like one data point, you can't really extrapolate that line. You can't really like figure out like where the line is going, right? You can draw multiple lines through a single point. But if you take two, three, five, seven different data points, you can start to see the trend, right? You can start to draw a line in the middle and kind of extrapolate out what those data points might mean. And that is what I want you doing in your fitness journey. I want you to be looking at multiple data points so that you can actually get an accurate reflection of what is going on. Are you actually losing fat or is the scale just going down because you're dehydrated? You won't know that if you just look at the scale. You will know that if you look at the scale, you look at your waist measurement, you look at the way your clothes are fitting, you look at your thigh measurement. If you're looking at all of those measurements and you have multiple data points, now you will be able to extrapolate what is actually going on. And if fat loss is occurring, then you can say, great, what I'm doing is working and you can continue going, knowing that you're making progress. And the same thing If fat loss is not occurring, also great, because now you know that and you can make adjustments and you can tweak. And this is a lot of what I teach and coach my clients through Inside Macros 101, because once we have set your macros and once we have gotten you to consistently hit them, now we can sit there and we can analyze the data. We can say, what is the data telling us? Are you moving in the right direction and you just need to be patient and trust the process? Or also a benefit... Is it not working right now? And we now can identify that and we can adjust and we can tweak your numbers in order to get the results that you want. Both of those are a win, by the way. It's a win to say it's working, I just need to keep going. And it's also a win to say it's not working and then be able to change it based off of the data. Not based off of emotion, not based off where you think you should be, Not based off how your friend is doing it, but based off the feedback and the data that your body is giving you. And this is what I love. This is what I love when I can get my clients to a place where it's not about emotion. It's about data. It's about feedback. It's not about failing or succeeding. It is about setting a goal, putting in the work, the consistency to be able to get the data you need in order to go back and correct and adjust. And that's that's what's exciting to me about a macro counting is when we have that consistent data that we're inputting into our body, we can get really consistent feedback. And then we can analyze that feedback and I teach you how to do that inside of Macros 101. So, I love I love it when I can get clients to the place where they're going to look at multiple data points. So even if if you're going through your fitness journey and you're just looking at the scale, girlfriend, you need to be taking measurements. You need to be taking progress pictures. You need to be looking at non-scale victories. You need to be looking at how your clothes are fitting. And you're looking at all of these data points to be able to figure out what's actually going on with your fat loss. Okay, number two mistake that I see so often, And this one's kind of sneaky and I've t- I actually have a whole podcast episode on it and that is the all or nothing mentality. So podcast episode number 58 is all on the all or nothing mentality and how it shows up in ways that you might not quite realize. This is the thing with the all or nothing mentality is that I see it in my clients when they don't even see it in themselves. So a lot of times it's like, they don't feel like they have all or nothing mentality. And then you start to point it out and then they're like shocked. Oh my gosh, you're right. I see that now that I was like this black or white, like all or nothing mentality. So if you haven't listened to episode number 58 or you're new to this term, all or nothing mentality is really this default that our brain does where it thinks that we have to do everything whatever we consider to be all or if we can't do it all whatever all is defined as then our brain says that we should just do none of it and it's just a default it's like a default setting that our brains come with and it's a way that our brain keeps us safe it's a way that our brain keeps us like not putting effort and energy into things that aren't going to actually move the needle but the problem is is that it is implemented In ways that actually ends up keeping you stuck. It it keeps you safe. It keeps you from going out and, and moving outside your comfort zone, which is where growth happens, right? Growth happens outside of your comfort zone. Results happen outside of your comfort zone. If the results you wanted were in your comfort zone right now, you'd already have them. The reason you don't have them is because they're outside of your comfort zone. So I see clients all the time, who gets stuck in this all or nothing mentality. And let me tell you a couple of the ways that I see it the biggest. The first one is that it keeps them from taking action. And I want you to be really truthful with yourself right now as you're listening and asking yourself the question, is this you? Is this you where you say, oh, I'll start January 1st, or I'll start on Monday, or "Um, I can't start that right now. Like I have X, Y, Z going on in my life. That is classic all or nothing mentality, thinking that it has to look a certain way before you can even get started. What if instead of that, you asked yourself a better question of what can I do right now in this moment that will move me towards the goal that I want? I don't have to do everything. I don't have to track my macros, weigh all my food, log everything, hit the gym five times a week. Like I don't have to do all of those things in order to quote unquote, start. Instead, what can I do in this moment to move me a little bit closer to my goal? That's a question that if you woke up every single day and asked yourself that question, you would move miles ahead of the person who is waiting for everything to be perfect before they can quote unquote, start. I actually don't even like this term of like starting. You don't have a start. You just start right now. Like you just do something right now. So I, Uh, Other ways that I see this all or nothing mentality um, play out is when you don't track because you're not going to hit your macros or you go over your macros. So you stop tracking or you don't know the macros of something. So you stop tracking, right? It's this idea that like, if I'm not going to hit my numbers, then why would I even track or this idea of, if I don't know exactly what it is that I'm eating, I'm just not going to track that's all or nothing mentality. And instead, we can come back to if you don't know exactly what you're eating, can you guess? If you went over your macros, we need to have that feedback like we need to know what you ate. We need to have accountability for the choices that you make so that you can uh, like have the data and you can have the scientific data to be able to adjust. Okay? But it's just feedback. It's just data. Okay? Um, another way that I see all or nothing mentality is people not working out because they don't know what workout is the best one. They don't know what workout is, is going to move the needle the fastest. I don't care which one is going to move the needle the fastest. I want you to get started. Action creates clarity. I say this all the time to my clients. Action creates clarity. Action creates clarity. You are sitting there waiting for clarity without taking any action. And you're going to be waiting a whole long time because action creates the clarity that you are looking for. Okay. Number three, I see this mistake a lot. Thinking that you just need to learn a little bit more. This idea that there's like knowledge out there that you just need to gain and then everything will fall into place. Just need a little, learn a little bit more about macros. I just need a little, little, learn a little bit more about weightlifting. I need to learn a little bit more about whatever it is and then I can change something. Then I can do it once I learn a little bit more. Here's the honest truth. There is knowledge that needs to be gained in the process. But that knowledge rarely comes by just sitting on the sidelines. It's like if you are on a football team and you're trying to learn how to play football without actually ever playing the game, right? Like how well are you going to learn to play football if you just like sit on the sidelines and watch it and you just watch the game? You'll learn some things. Right? You'll you'll understand some things more and you may understand the plays and stuff, but there is nothing like actually playing the game, like actually stepping onto the field, being a part of the team and touching the ball and playing the game. You will always learn more when you actually get into the game and play than when you're just on the sidelines. So what I'm going to ch- encourage you to do, once you learn something, you have two options at that point. You can either sit on it and think that you have to continue learning more or you can take action on whatever you have learned to that point. Okay. You don't know how to reverse diet yet. That's fine. Get started on what you do know. You don't know what is the best exercise to do. Fine. Get started on what you like have learned. All right. Ready. If you're not actually taking action on the things that you've already learned, why, like, why do you think that learning anymore is going to make it any different? Okay. So every. I want you to think. Every time that you learn something, like what would happen if every time you learned something you just applied it right away? What would happen? How would that change the process? If every single time you learned something, you just started applying it, it would you would make so much more progress. Now, this requires you to be kind of like a scientist, like we talked about in episode number sixty nine. Where you put on your scientist hat and you just are experimenting and you're trying things and you're receiving the feedback and you're analyzing the feedback and the data and you're adjusting according to that that data. Um, but if you aren't taking action and you're just sitting on the sidelines waiting until you know enough in order to get started, that is one of the biggest biggest mistakes that I could see people making. You also might have heard this uh, in terms of messy action and this term of like messy action sometimes lands with with certain clients, this idea that it doesn't have to be perfect before you get started. Like if you are waiting for it to be perfect before you start or to have all of the knowledge you need before you start, you're waiting too long and you're wasting time because there's a lot of knowledge and um, feedback and understanding that you will never, ever get until you get started, until you're playing the game. You can't just sit on the sidelines wanting to learn more. You got to play in the game. Okay. And then the last one, the last mistake that I see so many people making is thinking that they can do it on their own. Now I'm a big fan of DIY. Like I'm a big fan of doing things on your own. Um, I'm a big fan of, of trying to save money on, on certain things. I will tell you, I went through a big couponing period of my life where I gave up my time in order to save some money. And I totally get that you may be in that season of life right now where you got a lot of time and you don't got a lot of money. (laughs) That was me for for a long time. But I think it's really important to understand that when you try to do things on your own, you are usually giving up time for money. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It just is an understanding that's important to have. Because what I find when you hire somebody, or when you buy a program, or when you, you know, go to the store and get it done for you. While it often will cost you more money, it will usually save you in time. And while money is a renewable resource, you can get more money, you cannot get more time, right? It's a non-renewable resource. So some of you may be in the position where that's what you have to do right now. Like you have to give up your, your time in order to save some money. And like I said, it's not a bad or a good. It's just an understanding that you need to have. Some of you don't really need to do that. And you're choosing to, for whatever reason, thinking that by saving a little bit of money, um, you know, you can exchange time for that. I want you to understand and ask yourself the question Of how much money would it be worth it to you to get to the result that you want faster? If I had a goal to be able to get my first pull-up, let's pretend I'm trying to get my first pull-up, and it was going to take me six months. I don't really think it should take you six months to get a pull-up, but we're just going to say six months because it's a nice round, even number. If it was going to take me six months to get my first pull-up and I could pay to get my first pull-up in three weeks... (laughs) Because I had like a coach who was like pushing me and telling me all the right things to do and how to eat and, and all the exercises to do, then the question becomes: how much would it be worth it to me in order to do a pull-up in three weeks versus six months? And there's not a right or a wrong answer to that. It's just a really good question to ask yourself. How much would you be willing to pay for you to get to the end result that you want a little bit faster, a little bit, you know, less, less chaotic, a little bit less confused? Um, And that's a good question to ask yourself. Now, the the answer that you give may be $0. It may not be worth it at all to you to get there a little bit faster, and that's totally okay. But what I want for you is to make that choice consciously, is to look at what it would cost you to get there a little faster, and then ask yourself the question, is it worth it to you? Sometimes it may be worth it to you, and sometimes it may not be worth it to you. And that's that's an awesome place of power to be in, to be able to make that choice. But I see so many people trying to do it on their own because they think that they're going to save a little bit of money. And in the long run, it just ends up causing more frustration and more time and more heartache and more start and stop and if they were just willing to invest a little bit of money into the process, so they were in the, invest in a coach, invest in a program that can tell them all the things that are going to happen and how to get through them, they would get to the end result that they wanted so much faster. Now, of course, like I want you to come and join Macros 101. I coach clients through this process all the time, and I know that my clients get to the end result they want faster because they invest and because they have a coach who can walk them through the steps. However, I also want you to be able to make this choice your own. Like if this is something that you want to do it on your own, or you don't have the money to do it, or you're choosing not to spend your resources on hiring a coach or joining a program, that's okay. There needs to be no guilt associated with that. I just want you to make that choice from a place of empowerment, a choice of I get to choose what I spend my money on and I choose X, Y, and Z. There's no shame or judgment that needs to come into that, just an understanding that you get to decide where you place your value. And if you haven't listened to episode number 34, uh, it's called I... Can't afford it and other excuses keeping you stuck. If you haven't listened to that episode, I go way more in depth into that about how we can be intentional with our choices and not using things as excuses, but being intentional with our priorities and what we're creating. It's definitely a good listen. I go, I, I get a little feisty and a little little uh, rant on on that podcast episode. So if if this kind of stuff is speaking to you of of making a choice from a place of power and not a place of victimhood, I really highly suggest episode number 34. I can't afford it and other excuses keeping you stuck. So that is it. These are the four mistakes that I see so many people making. And maybe you're making them, maybe not. Maybe you're like, girl, I'm not making any of those mistakes. Awesome. Double high five. But if you are making any of these mistakes, again, no shame, no judgment. But now... I've brought it to your attention and you can start to make changes and you can start to make this process a little bit easier on yourself. So just as a quick recap, number one is you may be judging the process with a single data point. If you're doing that, we need to stop. We need to pull in your measurements. We need to pull in how your clothes are fitting. We need to pull in progress pictures. We need to pull in non-scale victories so that we can get a good idea of what is actually going on, the feedback that you're actually getting. Number two is you may be defaulting to that silly all-or-nothing mentality. And this shows up when you think that you have to have a start date. (laughs) When you aren't getting started because um, you're not sure if you're doing it right. When you aren't working out because you're not sure you have the right workout. Where you think that you have to zero out for your macros for the day, and if you don't, then you might as well not track. Okay, those are all ways that all-or-nothing mentality shows up. And podcast episode number 58 goes way more into depth into that topic. Number three, thinking that you just need to learn more, that you just need to study more. Girl, you got to get in the game. You cannot just learn from the sidelines. You will gain so much more knowledge as you take action, as you start to implement things, as you get feedback, as you actually hop your little bum into the game and start playing it. You're going to learn so much more than you ever learned by just sitting on the sidelines, thinking that you have to learn one more thing in order to be successful. And the last mistake that you may be making is thinking that you can do it on your own. There is incredible value in hiring a coach. I have my own coaches for multiple areas of my life. There is a lot of value in having somebody to be able to tell you what's coming up, to say, hey, I've walked this path before you, and I want you to watch out for X, Y, and Z. Okay. This is going to happen. And this is how you're going to feel. And this is how you're going to get through it. And there's a light at the other side of the tunnel and you can do it and you will do it. There is so much value in investing in somebody to help you through the journey. Yes. I believe that you can do it on your own. Yes. I also believe that it's usually going to take you more time and heartache and frustration than if you had just hired a coach to be able to help you through the process you're still here. So that means that I haven't scared you off. And hopefully that this has been something that's been valuable that you can start to apply to your fitness journey. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything.